So you might be talking, but are your people actually listening? And do you know where to find them in the first place? You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and, and coaching, not like that other stuff. Perv. Now let's get to it. Oh, welcome back, my inbox besties, besties. Kate Doster of katedoster.com. And as always, I am beyond excited to be in your ear holes today as we are continuing our series with contributors to the Back to Business free bundle, which is going to be kicking off on February 22nd, where from February 22nd to March 5th, you're going to be able to get your hands on free email templates, free Pinterest templates, mini courses, legal things. I mean, it is an amazing event that just happens guaranteed once a year. So if you head on over to backtobusinessbundle.com right now, you can hop on the wait list. If you are listening to this after March 5th, well, you're out of luck, but I'll definitely have a couple of free goodies that you can scoop up for me as well. So today we are going to talk to Naima, who has a mini course all about how to attract people in the back to business bundle. And so today is sort of like a nice little prelude to that. And we're going to be laying out the systems and frameworks that Naima uses, not only about where to find people online, but how to actually speak to them in a way that gets their attention. We're also going to dive in towards the end of the interview about what she thinks makes a take my money now type of a product. And you're going to find out that Naima and I share quite a bit quite a bit of philosophies. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk to Naima of Naima.co all about your audience. All right, my inbox besties, besties. Like I had said in the intro, I am beyond excited and it's well, well overdue. I feel like you should have been on like years ago and like every year since. So Naima, go ahead, <laughs> introduce yourself, tell everyone about how amazing you are. Oh my goodness. I love talking about how amazing I am. I'm just kidding. <laughs> my name is Naima Sheikh. I'm a digital strategist and a business systems consultant that sometimes turns also into a coach if I need to give you a kick up the you know what to get you moving. <laughs> I absolutely love that. So Naima is one of those marketers that I feel like can really truly do everything. Her design's on point, her copy's on point, her strategy's on point. Really just one of those all around people that like, if you've got a problem, she can 100% get it solved for you. So before we actually go into how to really start really finding your audience and sort of your framework for everything, which I just think is so brilliant. Could you take us back to a moment in your business, whether it was last week or when you were first starting, when you were just like, you know what? I would rather like go work at McDonald's or like wait tables than have to do this business anymore. <laughs> like I'm done. Just give me a normal job. So actually it wasn't too, uh, it wasn't too long ago. It was just um, at the end of last year. I was in the middle of running a challenge at the end of which I was launching um, a new rendition of my Beach Beach program, which stands for Brand Execution and Asset Creation Hub. Now, I'd been slogging through this two and a half week challenge. <laughs> I was showing up every day and I'm that kind of it, don't misunderstand me. But because I have a global audience, I was doing this twice a day so that I could capture Australia and, and, and Asia, and I'm in Europe myself. 
And so I was running two sessions every day. So we're, we're talking about four hours on Zoom. And then you put on top of that, you know, the regular client work that I do and so on. So I was just, just so when I was getting to the end of it and I was running the bonus workshop, which was the icing of the cake. And I was so excited about this workshop. I can't even begin mm -hmm. to tell you. <laughs> and everyone was like, ah, oh, all of these people signed up. I couldn't wait to run it. And then um, instead of running it as a webinar, I actually ran it as a regular Zoom session because I quite like that interaction. So I show up and, you know, it was like whatever time was supposed to go live. It was nine o'clock or 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, my time. And I start the Zoom. Normally when I start the Zoom room, there's usually like 10 people already waiting, right? Mm -hmm. There was nobody, not one person. And I'm like, ah, uh, did I go in the wrong Zoom room? And I'm checking and I'm going into active campaign. I'm seeing if the messages got through. And I was so freaked out. But I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to do it. So I, I, I start my workshop anyway. And it's just me. So, I mean, I'm sweating. I'm like disheartened. I want to cry. But I just started to go through it anyway, right? And I'm about 20 minutes into it, one person shows up and I'm like, oh, hi. And I'm just like trying to keep my energy high and all of this. And 40 minutes into it, mm -hmm. a second person shows up who's um, a dear friend and, you know, somebody who's also in beach. And she's like, why are you here now? Aren't you supposed to start in 20 minutes? <gasps> and I'm like, what? I went live an hour early because the clocks had changed yes and they didn't look at my phone I was so immersed in getting ready I went to the kitchen to get a cup of tea I did and I, <laughs> I looked at the microwave clock which said 10 a.m you know or two minutes to yeah. 10 but it was actually two minutes to nine. Oh my goodness so I stopped everything and started again 20 minutes later at which point yes 10 people were waiting <laughs> It was just like, I don't want to do this anymore because it's like I'm pouring my heart out and I'm feeling so rejected because all of these people said they were coming and nobody did. <laughs> oh, man, that is the absolute worst. And is this the launch that was the five figure launch that you ended up having afterwards? Exactly. It ended up being one of the most successful launches I've ever had. So, yeah, so it was hilarious. It was just, oh. uh, <laughs> it's funny now, but I tell you what, it wasn't very entertaining at the time. <laughs> So lesson learned for everybody, try not to launch anywhere near daylight savings time or when you're getting set back because, you know, you guys have heard of my right-hand lady, Abby. Well, she is actually in Spain and their daylight savings, what is a week before ours for when it changes. Yes. So yes. they're not the same time. So that's what happened to us. Like she was like, didn't show up for a meeting. And it was like this whole big thing. Cause we're on East coast and all of the States change their times. And in short, everybody just avoid <laughs> daylight savings time. Those two weeks before or after is your choice, <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing. And what I love about the story, obviously I love a happy ending, but I love the fact that you persevered and you went on like you had a full audience, which is tough to do in that moment. It's really, really tough, especially like you said, you had a two week double day launch, which I'm just like, oh man, this is why I'm a webinar only kind of a girl. I'm like, I could never. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely applaud you. So let's get in and let's actually start talking about your system because 
as you guys may or may not have heard, and just in case if you skipped over the intro, is that Naima is one of the amazing contributors in the Back to Business bundle that we are running, guys. We're running it from the very last week of February into the first week of March. So March 5th is the last day. And you have an amazing gift about really being able to find your audience everywhere because that's the biggest problem everyone has. They've got a great idea. They've got the commitment, but where are the people ironically? So I would love it if you could start kind of walk us through the framework and sort of give everyone maybe a little bit of taste of what they can get by heading on over to the back to business bundle.com. Um, sure. So, um, when you're finding your audience, the first thing to really keep in mind is that your people are already out there. They're already out there. You're not creating them from scratch. Just mm -hmm. like your money's out there. You just need to go get it, right? Mm -hmm. Your people are out there. And so one analogy that I can just think about is this, this dance hall uh, that we went to with, with my husband back in the days when we were dating here in Italy. And you, it's, it's this massive like warehouse style building of like four different floors. And every floor is playing a different kind of music. So on the ground floor, there's some salsa, and then you go to the first floor and there's, you know, a little bit of ballroom dancing. And then there's maybe, you know, um, you know one of those uh, heavy metal kind of like mm -hmm. break your neck, you know, throw your head around type thing um, and so on. And it's all dance, right? It's all dance. Yeah, they're very different kinds of dancing. So if you don't know how to talk to the specific person that you're looking for, you really end up um, not not only not resonating, but really repelling people. So if you kind of step into a, a ballroom situation uh, and you show up in, you know, grungy jeans and, you know, just not looking the part, and then you try and start to jump up and down instead of being all like smooth and tango-like, it's obviously not going to work well. So when we talk about my system, when I think about the way that you find people, and it's been, I mean, in marketing circles, you hear about it all the time, you know, are they problem aware? Are they completely unaware? Are they solution aware? Are they product aware? Are they you aware? And so on. But in plain English, all that that means is speak Italian to the Italians, speak mm -hmm. English to the English speaking people mm -hmm. and try and not mix them up. Because when you mix them under the guise of, oh, but I want to reach more people, that's when you end up really tying yourself up in knots, just like speaking one sentence, which has two words of Italian, two words of English, and two words of French, no one's going to know what you're talking about, unless they happen to speak all three languages, which is kind of rare. So that's the first thing is to really just understand what language are they speaking? Now, does that make sense? Do you feel that that does make one? And when you were talking about like the two words of English, the words of Italian, I'm like, oh, like my grandmother. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like we get that, right? <laughs> so, but not everyone yeah. sort of has that. So I just, it really just reminded me of family there for a second. But mm -hmm. so I guess my question to you about the, the different languages in that sentence, and I love that analogy and of the discotecas that have the different floors. So fun. But is there a difference between an audience that sort of already like knows us and like, if, are they speaking like Italian and like the people that are like completely unaware of us, they're speaking English or is there like a common language, like between the two? Ooh, I love this question. This is such a good question. So here's the very um, obvious thing that people really don't tell you about, right? Everyone goes out and says building a brand and becoming visible is the very first step. Fact is, when you are buying anything under 
$20 or even under $50, half the time you don't give, really give a toss where it was made. So no. when you are, are running through uh, Facebook or Instagram or anywhere on the web, really, and you see one of those like SLO type offers, the, you know, $27 and under, if it solves your problem, you don't, you, you, you couldn't care less who did it. So when you are looking at small entry level products, the audience doesn't really care what language you speak as long as your sales page and your messaging is so clear that they don't even have to engage the brain. Does that make sense? Gotcha. I literally look at it and it's like, oh, it's, an, it's a Snickers bar. I know what that is. Versus something that looks like a chocolate bar, but maybe it's got a, you know, it's got a name that sounds like a vegetable. And then now I have to stop and think and say, what is this? I'm going to bypass that. But if something is labeled like chocolate, it looks like chocolate, and it's there ready for me to do an impulse buy. And then you make the buying experience easy and simple, meaning please give me PayPal, you know, don't make me go get my card out. Okay. Then they don't really care. So, so spending a lot of time building a brand when your entry-level product is super specific um, and low ticket price to impulse buy doesn't make sense. So I would just focus on the product and I'm going to talk in a minute about how to actually figure out which, what is the exact product to, to feed to that particular audience. You shouldn't be mm -hmm. spending too much time on building brand, but you should be spending it more on really focusing down on the problem. On the other hand, when you are investing more and investing more could be in terms of time, it could be in terms of money, it could be in terms of accepting someone's process. For example, mm -hmm. if I'm looking for some kind of marketing coaching, there are different ways in which this can be done, right? I can give you a whole bunch of templates and say, here, take these templates, go away and get it done. Or mm -hmm. I could coach you through it by teaching you how to put it together, or I could do a mixture of both. So the first thing I need to be invested in is the process. Am I the kind of person who's okay with using templates or am I going to think like, oh, but using templates makes me like everyone else. I don't want to do that. Right. Maybe yeah. there's no congruence here on using templates. Um, or maybe they're not really interested in spending that much time in a group coaching situation. So the, your audience needs to not only be okay with your process, they need to actually be looking forward to working with that kind of process. And if it's a hire, so that's kind of investment, investing in the process, investing of time. Yeah. If I'm talking about a 90 minute workshop is really different than, Hey, let's hang out for a year. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and mm -hmm. are they investing in you? So when it's higher ticketed, they need to really know who you are and be okay with you being a part of their life. So then from that perspective, then that audience needs much more nurturing. So it's not just a higher ticket pricing. It's also your process. It's you and it's uh, the way in which you deliver. That makes a lot. That makes a lot of sense. So what should people really be focusing on because I know that you've got your three phases. What should people really be focusing on in this particular phrase before we get to the second P? Okay. So the first thing that you want to do, you really need to niche down. <laughs> and I always call like, I have a free group, the multi-passionates uh, that I call come and hide here from the niche police is what <laughs> I call it. Cause everywhere you go, everyone's telling you, you've got to niche down. You've got to niche down. Um, and so I just want to talk about the pain and the pleasure and the profit of, of niching a second. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that if I niche down, I'm going to lose out on everyone else. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't want to be known as a one trick pony. 
I want to, you know, I don't want to solve just one tiny problem. I want to be able to solve all the problems in the world because I'm so knowledgeable. The fact is, it's not too niche. You need to really niche down to the point where it's one step up from your name is Naima Sheikh and your social security number is X. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just one level above that. It needs to be that specific. Um, and the pleasure point of, of niching is that you can stop guessing and stop worrying about just-in-case situations. Ever been in a situation where you were traveling somewhere? Remember when we used to travel? <sighs> when you were traveling somewhere and you, you brought like 16 different outfits just in case it snowed or just in case it, you know. The right? reason why I'm laughing is the reason why I'm laughing is because there is this like meme that was going around again. This is like pre-COVID times. And it was talking about how like when people pack for a trip, they pack like they're going to have like explosive tummy problems, uh, you know, for like eight days straight. So they pack like 80 million pairs of underwear, like every pair you own. <laughs> it just made me giggle every time. It's like, yes. Yeah, it's like you do like pack triple the amount of normal exactly. underwear you would use. So yes, but and that's truth. what you end up doing if you don't niche down, right? You end up bringing the kitchen sink with you. I once remember doing a course way back in the day, and it was it must have been like seventy thousand different modules because for some reason I thought I would solve every single technical problem that you could mm. potentially come across in creating a Kindle book, and I used. Like, in case you want to use this, this is how you do it. And in case you want to use this other tool, this is how you do it. So when you really go wide and you do all of this just-in-case stuff, it just dilutes the message. It dilutes the solution, right? And when you go, when you're, when, you know, when your kids were going to school and, you know, it was like bake day or everyone wore like a, um, like a potluck dish, it's so nice to be able to focus on one thing, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's just the relief of, of not having all of these resources which you're going to end up wasting is, is intense. So once you're able to focus a niche on a single problem, that's when you start to profit. And why do you start to profit? Because now you are only speaking one language. Yes. When you've niched down to that level, you're only speaking not just one language, you're speaking one dialect because the way Italian or English is spoken by a 12-year-old is very different to the way it's spoken by a 55-year-old. And it's very different when it's spoken by a 43-year-old, which is who's very upset and mm-hmm. is swearing up a storm, right? Right, <laughs> definitely. Ex- so you're able to exactly match the language of your audience. Oh, that makes so much sense. And I have to say that, you know, that both of us are really big proponents when it comes to growing our audience and getting that visibility. One of the ways that we like to do this is like, you know, collaboration, some word of mouth, obviously, you know, you focus on ads as well, but when people know what to call you to their friends, it is so easy to recommend them to people. So like, I'm thinking of my friend Zolinda, who she's one of the only people I know, like you could say like, oh, she helps you with like online business. And that's what she did for a little while, but she pivoted just to helping people establish really solid affiliate programs. And so it's like, oh, you want to have an affiliate program? You go talk to Zoe, right? Like, it's just like you said, it's so much easier for people to tell people about you (laughs) if they know 
really like, oh, rather than just Absolutely. like oh, online business or, you know, I help moms with kids. Can you get a little bit more specific? Like, oh, you need, you know, organization tips for your kids. Go to Sally. Oh, you need time management. Like Beth is your girl. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it's one of the things that we tackle pretty early on of uh, doing your standout statement or elevator pitch or whatever you want to call it. That just says, just do that one thing. And then one day when you're be- you can do more than one, but right. for now, <laughs> do just just do the one thing, and then I take them through a very specific process of narrowing down the product because I feel that when you narrow down the product, it makes it so much easier to then kind of back that into the brand and brand and and back that into the identity. Because if your product is selling and your product is is solving problems, then it is a much simpler way of being known than simply having a grand sounding title. But in the end, as you said, people don't know who to refer to you because they don't know what kind of problem you solve. Would you rather crawl across glass naked or have to stand in line at the DMV with Taco Bell tummy? You know what I'm talking about. Then actually have to write an email to your list. I mean, you don't want to come off too salesy and what if you're boring and you don't want to add to all of the noise. And somehow every single week, besides the cold sweat, you bust out with being finger tied, you know, instead of tongue tied because you're actually typing. Don't you just wish that you could just magically snap your fingers and almost have somebody else write your emails for you? Well, that's exactly what you're going to get when you invest in the Email Marketing Fairy. The Email Marketing Fairy template set is over 50 grab and go newsletters, welcome series, and even an 11 part sales funnel that you can use as an amazing jumping off point to actually write emails that connect with your audience, get replies, and most importantly, get those buy buttons hit. And all you need to do to get your hands on this, along with almost $100 worth of free bonuses, is by heading on over to theemailmarketingfairy.com. That's right, head on over to theemailmarketingfairy.com and you will never have to awkwardly tell your list, hey, I know it's been a while ever again. Oh, that makes so much sense. So um, could you tell us a little bit more? I think we've got some time to squeeze it in about like the product to be picking and sort of that, or is there any more of the, the framework that we should know about before we get to the product part? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just love this. I love this so much because I'm a multi-passionate case in case you didn't notice, right? Mm-hmm. I love to do 20 million different things. So coming across a process that I could use over and over and over again of this framework that could be applied to multiple passions and then comes out the other end with something super specific that you can actually productize and monetize is golden. So yes. the so the, the so what I say is when you know, when you think you know the kind of product that you want to create, you want to take it through three questions. With these three questions, you're able to narrow it down. And then beyond that, which we'll get to in a minute, you can then figure out before you build it, if this is the kind of thing that's going to sell. So the three questions to ask are, the very first question that you want to ask is, what is the problem you're trying to solve? Who has this problem? So let's say as an example, I do one-to-one coaching and my the problem that I solve is I help you reduce overwhelm. And I do this for women in their 40s. And I'm sure you've met lots of life coaches that do exactly this, right? Mm-hmm. I help you reduce overwhelm. And I do that by a series of one-to-one sessions, you know, one-to-one coaching. And I'm really good with women who are in their 40s. But that's so broad. So the way we narrow this down and niche it down into 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 being able to productize this is we say, who has this problem? 
who exactly has this problem? And what we're looking for is an adjective plus the kind of person plus a life stage. So I might mm -hmm. say, who has this problem? Uh, this is a mom to toddlers or mom to twins. I might say this is a newly promoted manager, or I might say um, this is a, um, a side hustling business owner. So three very different kinds of people, all three of which easily reduce overwhelm. So that's the first question, who specifically has this problem? And then the next question that we ask is, in what situation exactly do they experience this problem? And this is one we wanna kind of like put on our Steven Spielberg hat and paint a picture. In what situation does this mom of yeah. toddlers have this problem? And chances are it's probably around mealtimes. Mm. In, in what situation does a, um, um, a newly promoted manager uh, newly um, experience this feeling of overwhelm? Well, that might be the first time that they're running a team meeting because they've never oh, kind of been meeting. in the leadership role before. So that might be the, yeah, remember them. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, and maybe, and maybe for the new business owner, it might be the day that they, you know, when they sit down to work and they realize that their to-do list is, you know, 13 miles long. Um, and um, they, they, they're on Zoom from, you know, the minute they wake up until, you know, it comes 5.30 p.m., their kids are now home and they don't have any more time to work. So, in, so by nailing down exactly in what situation this shows up, we're able to paint a picture. So that's the second question. And the third question to make sure we really get this right is what is it going to mean? to solve the problem because maybe solving a productivity problem for someone who's relatively well often is an M really not an issue because even if you're not that productive doesn't really matter but for a mom to toddlers achieving mm -hmm. peace at the dining table and having oh, yeah. her kids be able to like eat their veggies and you know create happy memories around the table is very different so you want to, again, paint that picture of what it will mean to solve the problem. I feel that a lot of people stop at the problem piece and never really get to the aspirational piece. Yeah, it's like, okay, I've solved the problem. Well, what does that actually mean? And the benefit tends to be expressed more in terms of money or time gained. And they'll say something like, so you can spend more quality time with your family. To me, that's just too vague. So for what I might say for the mom of toddlers is that well, so that you can create happy memories, you know, those ones that show up on your iPhone and they make you those little movies that show up every so often. They're like portraits 2020 and they show you all of the pictures. That's what you want. And for the, and for the person who is a newly promoted manager, maybe that it would mean that she can run the kinds of meetings that actually move the needle. So they will say like, hey, when Marge is involved in these meetings, yes, stuff gets done, and we mm. actually see the impact on the bottom line. So these are the three questions that you want to ask to really narrow down the kind of product that you're going to be putting together. I absolutely love that. And I know this sounds so odd about the meeting one, but I love that, oh, when Marge is running the meeting, stuff gets done. I think that saying it just yeah. like that is just in plain English, it's crystal clear and it just makes so much sense because running a productive meeting, like, I don't know, that seems so like often like la la land to me, but actually like get stuff done. Like, oh, because one of the things people hate meetings with is because they feel like they're genuinely wasting their time. 
So where do you feel um, that people with these three questions, where do you see that your students tend to struggle with defining things? Are they pretty good at answering one and two and then three is a little iffy or where do you get the most pushback? I usually get the, <laughs> the most pushback that I get is in the third piece, believe it or not. It's in what will it mean for them to solve the problem? Because they've only seen it from one side, right? We, we mm. tend to be the best coaches when we are coaching ourselves from two years ago or five years ago, mm -hmm. right? And the way a solution looks to, again, these three very different kinds of people, a business owner, um, um, a new mom, and a newly promoted manager are very different. And so when I say, so what does it mean to when they solve the problem? And they'll say something like, they'll live happily ever after, or they will have more confidence, or they will feel better. The problem with those things is that while they feel good, they're really difficult to measure. And so then we go back to the drawing board and I say, give me an observable outcome, <clears throat> an observable outcome, because if I can't see it, I can't measure it. You know, so uh, and that's yes. what I to get the most pushback. <laughs> and I go, what does it mean? Does she spend more, more, you know, more sleeping sleeping you know eight hours of sleep or you know it's a just kind of like quantify it because when you start to mm -hmm. quantify that's when you can actually paint that picture which on a sales page just jumps out at you 100 percent so you guys know that i have been spouting off about this for absolute years about this sort of after situation or as we like to call them in those moments so like again for the mom it's not getting more time with your kids it's never having to pass up snuggles on the couch it's never having to feel the guilt of mommy. You're always working ever again. You know what I mean? So oh, those are just that. those yes. little yeah. sort of things that make a huge, huge difference when it comes in to your copywriting and your effectiveness. So yes. I think that we have just a little bit more time this interview, although honestly, I can talk to name all day, every day about everything. <laughs> she's just, like I said, a marketing genius. So we had touched upon, because I know everyone's going to ask a little bit about the product. Do you think you can touch upon that just a little bit? And then we'll let people know where they can hang out with you online besides the back business bundle. Absolutely. So the, one of the things that is, is always difficult about the product is to decide which one am I going to choose? Because it's multi-passionate or even if it's not multi-passionate, it's like, what should I start? Which product should I make? Uh, so the formula that I use is a formula called Champs. And don't worry about it because mm -hmm. I have a, a lovely freebie at naima.co slash Kate, um, where all of this is spelled out. So they don't have to actually write it down. They'll be able to get the calculator. I call it the product decision calculator. It's like, <gasps> just take it out of my hands. Yes. Let the calculator decide for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the CHAMPS formula, the CHAMPS, so C stands for cash. It's basically time to cash. How quickly can I monetize mm -hmm. this? So is this something that needs to wait for a long time or not? Uh, the H stands for how, So do, meaning for this product solution, I already know how to create this. So if it is something I need to go and learn, then it's no good. So if I'm creating Canva templates and I don't know how to use Canva, this particular item would score quite low. So what yes. I want to, do I already know how to create it? The A stands for already. So forget how to create it. Is it already done? So that brings us to the CH and A of mm -hmm. Champs. Obviously, a product that's already done is way easier to decide on than one that isn't even done. Yes. The M stands for, is it marketable? Is it marketable. marketable? Meaning there is market demand. Yes. Meaning 
there is something like it already that's already selling, people already buying a thing like it. And I go through how to go and figure out whether something is marketable or not, and then give a number to that. The P stands for passion, meaning you enjoy doing this, right? You have a passion for this. So we've done the C, the H, the A, M, and P. And the last S in champs stands for skills. You have the skill to pull this off. You have the skills to pull this off. You'd be surprised by the people that tell you how passionate they are about watercolors and they don't know how to use them. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> right. I'm laughing because it is the, the number one thing. Like when we talk about like EZS offers and things like that, I tell them, I'm like, you don't have to have gone from zero to six figures in five minutes but you need to have some type of experience. You cannot create a product if you have not done something yourself. Like no regurgitating information. Like, no, you're not a Facebook ad expert. You go run Facebook ads. Well, what if I don't have a product to do for for myself? Then you go find somebody and you're like, hey, can I spend 300, 500 of my own dollars marketing your thing so that way I can actually do this? That's the biggest thing. So I'm going to shove that one under skills too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Have you done this, son? (laughs) Oh, goodness me. It's, it gets it's to be skill slash some success. Me. We'll put it that way. <laughs> no, that's all. I like that. Successfully skilled. Yes. <laughs> right. But I agree about the watercolors. Right. And again, we're not saying that you, you know, I'm trying to think of like a famous watercolorist and I've got nothing. I've uh, <laughs> showed you how well, much I love art. But again, if you're not trying to be like, oh, like an advanced painter and you're just, you know, you know, you've been painting for a couple of years and things are looking good and you want to speak the language to beginners, I think that that is fine. I think that is when you are just regurgitating other people's knowledges and you don't really have the chops to back it up. That's where I get a little grumpy. And it shows, sadly, it actually shows. It's so sad when you end up in one of those products that you're like, really, are you actually just going to read those slides at me? You're not telling me anything that YouTube isn't telling me. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) right. And I, one more place before you can tell everyone again, and we'll make sure to have the links to everything in the show notes. That way you guys can get this champ framework, the product calculator. Like it's so amazing. Um, And definitely let them know where your free Facebook group is. But I have one more question about the champs process and that is marketable. So I love what you said about making sure that there are other things already on the market. I think that some people think they need to be new and original, like even with those templates. But here's what you don't get, everybody, is that sure, you could be selling Canva templates and so could somebody else. The somebody else's customer probably already used all of the templates and now they're looking for new ones. Because they know how great templates are. Same thing with like the email marketing fairy. People are like, oh, like, you know, now all of a sudden all these other people have templates. Like, what do you think about that? I'm like, that's fine because they're going to run out of other people's templates and they're going to come to mine and vice versa. You know what I mean? Because they'll find out how much they love templates. Absolutely. I mean, somebody who's into keto is not going to buy one book on keto. They're going to buy 12 minimum, right? Exactly. Uh, (laughs) And on the other side of the coin, there's only one Steve Jobs, right? I mean, he can get away with inventing the iPad. There was no such thing as an iPad before. But I'm guessing us mere mortals probably would want to stick to something for which there's already a market. Are you and right? Something brand new. <laughs> I I 100% I agree with that one. So where else can everybody hang out with you online besides the Back to Business a Bundle, your Facebook group, the socials, all the fun things? 
Yes. So let's see. Uh, the, the best place, if you really want to hang out with me, is come and join me on beach. That opens up two or three times a year, maybe a little bit more, since I'm getting a little that, which is my premium uh, membership uh, group in which I help you uh, build a bunch of systems that sell for you so that you don't have to. Uh, Facebook group is the best place to, to find me. Uh, Facebook itself, uh, Instagram, now you're on Insta. Um, but let me see. Oh, and these days I'm on Clubhouse. Come and find me on Clubhouse. That's another <laughs> really fun place to come and find me. <laughs> I have a Clubhouse account. I know everyone's like, oh, like they're so coveted. Like I have one and I think that I've opened the app like twice, but I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to talk with name afterwards so we can uh, chat about that. But thank you so much. Like I said, we'll have links to everything to your Facebook group to, I don't know if you can do links to clubhouse. I think just to like certain rooms, but we'll figure it out. And I'm just so excited that we finally got to chat and it was such a great one. Me too. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. And uh, hope to see you all guys in the decision calculator at naima.co slash Kate. Thanks guys. Now, isn't that an interview that you could just listen to over and over and over again? So we're going to have links to everything that Naima was talking about in the show notes, of course, and over on the blog post. It's going to be accompanying this as well. But I really just want to break down and for a second and realize that I don't want to say that business has to be hard. We just have to focus on doing the right things consistently. And spoiler alert, usually the right things, and I'm using air quotes, tend to be the ones that we need to be a little bit more bolder on, the ones that we need to be a little bit more braver on, but they can definitely 100% happen. And speaking of doing things that are a little bit bolder, taking yourself to go out a little bit more, you're definitely going to want to hit subscribe if you haven't already, because we are going to be talking about Facebook ads in a couple of episodes with Dr. Destiny, who is actually one person who is going to be in the back to business bundle as well with her free Facebook templates for your ads. So, so smart. Such an amazing gift, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So go ahead, sign up for my name. free gift that she has just right now, all of the time. I'm telling you, Beach is one of the most amazing group coaching programs I think that's out there right now. And if it is between the 22nd and March 5th, you can head to backtobusinessbundle.com to get her mini course there as well. Or if it's a little bit earlier, you can hop on the wait list while you're there. So that's it for me. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for having Inbox Besties in your ear holes today. Why don't we go ahead and make it a regular thing? Go ahead and slap that subscribe button now. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and take a screenshot and tag me over on your Instagram stories, Kate underscore Doster, so that way I can give you a shout out for being a bestie of the week. Later days.